Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another uh, podcast. My name is Oscar Way. I'm a senior economist of California Association of Realtors. And I'm Jordan Levine, senior economist as well here at CAR. First, uh, welcome back, everyone, and I uh, hope everyone is having a, a great new year so far in 2018. And happy holidays after the long week. I know. Um, and I know um, you guys are definitely dying to hear some uh, stuff from us. Otherwise, you wouldn't be turning, tuning into our podcast. Starting off the year right. Right. And so we, we decided, well, we, had a, we have a decent year in 2017, but there are a lot of news in 2017. Uh, we decided to maybe do a recap. Yep. Uh, maybe give you like the top 10 big news in uh, 2017. Yeah, I think uh, taking good stock of where we were last year will be uh, hopefully a good foundation for building on what's going to happen in, in 2018 as we update you, I guess, through the rest of the year. So Absolutely. No, so, so what happened is uh, in 2017 at the same time of last year. Lots of exciting news. Well, the very first news that you know hit the, uh, hit the, um, the, the radio or hit the podcast was... Uh, we had a somewhat, I would say somewhat, uh, surprise outcome from the election in 2016, right? I'm going to go farther out on a limb and say I was completely surprised. <laughs> yes, that was a shock election result. And uh, not only did it have you know political implications, it obviously jolted around the housing market in California. And I think we had one of the stronger first quarters that we've seen in terms of home sales and also price appreciation in a in a long time. I mean, first quarter typically isn't a strong month and right. and we really started the year off with a bang and I, I attribute a lot of that both to the election and and all of the kind of optimism and expectation for where rates were going to go and inflation Absolutely. and things like that all kind of baked into that first quarter to really give us uh, some strong numbers. I think we were running really hot at the end of the first quarter, up like 5 or 6%. 5.3% is if what I recall. And that's the reason why it, it makes it to the news of our biggest news in housing market, because otherwise this is just a political news. Yeah, actually, the election happened back in 2016, right? Uh-huh. So it wasn't really a 2017 phenomenon, but the effects of the election, I think, are, are what really kicked in during that first quarter. Exactly. So I, I definitely think we're... Uh, got the ammo or the, or the cover to keep that up in the top 10 for sure. Exactly. So, you know, we had a good start. And then later on, you know, uh, dur- uh, during the year, we had some news from the Federal Reserve. Um, this is the second uh, piece of the news uh, that we think it's biggest is the uh, Federal Reserve made an announcement that they are doing um, quantitative uneasing. That's right. Yeah, this is a structural shift. So they're going to, uh, and, and it's really a, a break from where we've been, I think, even since 2007, right? Almost 10 years running where they've been in a more uh, easing or accommodative position in terms of low rates. Um, but even after they started raising rates, they were still holding tons and tons of assets exactly. on their balance sheets, right? So even, even as they're raising short-term rates, we didn't see a lot happen with long-term rates. But I think this... Uh, unloading of all those assets that they've accumulated on their balance sheet has the potential, I think, to be a bit more impactful for long-term rates and obviously, therefore, the the housing market, which are based on 30-year fixed rates. Absolutely. They're normalizing their balance sheet. And so what they are saying is they are going to allow up to $6 billion in treasury securities and $4 billion in mortgage bonds to roll off without reinvestment. 
Got it. So those are just going to mature and they're not going to keep keep those things rolling. And that obviously means a bit less liquidity slushing around out there in the banking system. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to have a lot of long or uh, effects over the immediate short term. But I think over the long term, again, it has the impact of, of potentially raising those long term rates. Yeah, they're making it really transparent. So hopefully it will not, it will not jolt the uh, interest rates. But at the same time, you know, they want to make sure that, you know, the uh, taxpayers are not on the hook, you know, for any risky loan. So um, that's what they did. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's consistent with the view that, uh, you know, the days of three and a half percent rates are behind us. And not only are they going to be raising their overnight rate and we expect that to continue to happen. And we'll right. talk about that more. But also this selling off of their bond portfolio uh, means that that I think the the low rates are behind us. And even though we're not expecting a really steep increase in rates, it's uh, it's probably going to be a gradual uptick. Exactly. And I mean, well, right now it's not too bad, right. um, but uh, we'll see what happened in uh, the uh, 20, in 2018 and, and, and throughout the, the year. year. Um, so now there there were also some unfortunate event that happened in uh, 2017. Now the first thing that really happened that has uh, some traumatic effect um, was a dramatic effect was the uh, hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of natural disasters out there this year and had impacts not just on the economy overall where a lot of those folks are temporarily um, you know, displaced and losing their jobs and not working. Um, but also, therefore, on the housing market where, you know, a lot of those folks aren't going to go out and be buying. And, and I think you saw that all throughout the South. Exactly. I mean, in Texas and Florida and also there was another one in uh, uh, Hurricane Maria that may not necessarily hit, you know, one of the states, but it did have some impact on uh, the overall economy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think even you look at places like Puerto Rico and they're still exactly. um, struggling to get back online after some of these really horrendous storms. And, um, you know, again, it's uh, a huge issue for the housing market, obviously, but just much broader for the entire economy. Lots of lives um, really upset by by some of these things. And, and they just seem to be getting more and more frequent. Yeah. And it actually has some tied in with the housing market as well. Now, Absolutely. Just to give you a couple of numbers. Of course, uh, in Texas, about uh, 270,000 units were actually uh, damaged. Now, that means a lot of homes need to be rebuilt. Right. Um, and because of the damage, first of all, because of the damage, because of uh, the uncertainty that the uh, Federal Reserve, do, uh, they, don't, they didn't necessarily know what's going to happen to the economy, they actually held back on raising interest rates. Yeah, yeah. We thought we were going to get all four, and we ended up only getting three, and I think the storms played a big part of that. Exactly. And also, you know, with that many damages, with that many homes being rebuilt, you know, uh, rest assured there will be some um, reallocation of construction um, labor. Right. Um, there's a possibility that many of the people who work in California may move, to, may, want, may go to uh Texas or Florida to do some rebuilding. Right. Yeah. And, and we know that the construction labor supply is already a, a problem for us and and supply is already very short here in California. Uh -huh. And if you take away some of our valuable vital construction labor force, it, uh, it doesn't bode well for us getting new units online. But I think, you know, if you look at the scale of the problem in Texas, I mean, 270,000 units, that's probably three full years worth of construction in California, right, at current pace. So uh, big, big disaster. And that's just labor. Um, also, there could be material cost increase. Uh, we'll have to see, you know, how it affects the overall increase in uh, home prices uh, when the uh, material increase. Right. Now, uh, and then, of course, we have some uh, encouraging news. Uh, after hurricanes in, in, in August and September, we had some um, 
encouraging news on the California affordable uh, housing package. Yeah, definitely. There was a whole slew of bills that were passed in Sacramento related to housing, I think. Um, ton of bills. I don't even remember the number, but it was in the teens, I think. In 13 or something 13, like that. 13, 14 I can't bills exactly. that got signed by Jerry Brown. That could probably be a whole um, podcast in and of itself. But I think the two pieces that I'm really excited about or encouraged for is related to housing supply. We've said pretty much, I right. think, every single podcast that we've ever done what an issue housing supply is in California. Uh, and what two of these pieces of the bill packages do is to one, uh, make it a lot easier for folks to construct ADUs, which are uh -huh. uh, quote unquote granny flats or in-law quarters or however you want to call it. Uh, you know, the state basically said that it's going to be virtually impossible to for an individual municipality, a city, a town, what have you, to reject ADUs. And that means that it's going to be easier for individuals to put one of these units in their backyard, either as an in-law uh, unit or as a piece of rental property that they can use. Either way you look at it, it expands the housing supply, which is, you know, for us a good thing. And, and the other thing is that they've put the onus back on cities so right now oh, okay. if you apply to build a, a new development or redevelop a building um, even if it's within that city's own zoning and code and everything is is exactly aligned with what they um, have set that that piece of land aside for you can still be rejected by the city if they just decide that they don't like that development or there's some aesthetic or something happens to the planning commission what have you the state's gone ahead and reversed that, and with these bills that Jerry Brown signed, it's going to be up to the cities to show why, if these things are all within current plan, uh, that they can't go ahead and move forward. They have taken it away from the, the developer to go ahead and show why it's such a good thing and put it back on the cities to explain why, even though it's within their plan, they're still not going to move forward. It's going to be much more difficult to challenge these quote-unquote within-plan developments and I think that's another great thing for supply. We know that supply underlies this complete lack of affordability in California so I think building more granny flats and and letting folks redevelop things within current zoning plans is going to help. It might not solve the entire problem but hey at this point with supply as tight as it is I think everything helps. It seems like it's uh, the bill could be holding some people accountable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, you make a plan, you set up your zoning rules and then uh, we're going to expect you to adhere to those and, and kind of allocate the permits accordingly. So I think that can't hurt. That's great. That's great. Um, then, of course, uh, throughout the year, I guess, as I said earlier, we had some uh, natural disaster. The, the, the one that's actually closer to home uh, that took place for uh, now a few weeks now. Um, yeah, that had still been going. Quite a few wildfires. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and that's one of the one of the big one is the Thomas Fire. That's right. A Thomas Fire in, uh, in Ventura County, now extending to Santa Barbara County, uh, is actually uh, having a little bit of an impact. Now, earlier part of uh, the, the, the month, or in uh, August, uh, in October, we also had uh, fires up in the wine country as well. That's damaged about 8,400 uh, properties. So with fires in the north, uh, northern California and uh, southern California, which is still going on, um, of course, there will be, again, some rebuilding. Um, we did have a little bit of a uh, dip in sales in the North Bay Area yep. in October. Um, I don't think there will be a, a significant impact uh, overall uh, for the state statewide right. uh, for southern, because of the uh, Southern California fire. But still, 
you know, on a personal basis, you know, it affects a lot of people. Yeah, the amount of devastation, I mean, we're talking about thousands, not hundreds and tens of thousands even, and it's just, uh, you know, the human cost is absolutely horrendous, and I think the cost in terms of housing is also pretty painful. At this point, supply is tight, and you wipe out a a huge chunk of the housing stock, and, um, you know, supply and affordability are going to be even more difficult for people who weren't even affected by the fire in addition to all of this kind of devastation for the folks who were affected. Yeah, and and you know, safe to say, you know, for uh, and immediately you may, we may have we may see some increase in uh, rental uh, average rent in the immediate area. It is also possible that, you know, sales activity might go down in some of the immediate areas, but for some of these areas, they're very attractive areas, they're very desirable areas, so I'm not I'm very convinced that next year when it comes to um, rebuilding, we'll probably will see um, some of the sales coming back up. Um, but um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it affects people on a personal basis. So we wanna make sure that we mention this. We do have, CR has a CR relief, disaster relief fund. And um, if any of our members is affected by the fire, yep. uh, please contact uh, Shalina Burnett at uh, 213-739-8297. Yeah, Charlena will definitely take care of you. These programs are here for our members to take advantage of in these you know, urgent times of need. And so um, you know, hopefully folks can uh, get in there and, and get the help that they need. Absolutely. Now, uh, let's go back to uh, the Federal Reserve. We talked about Federal Reserve earlier. Um, but uh, there are more news from the Federal Reserve. That's right. Janet's out. Yep. What's happening? Um, well, she didn't get reappointed. That's right. Um, and, you know, it looks like, you know, with her being out um, at the beginning of uh, this year, in February to be exact, then we will have about three vacant seats. That's right. Yeah. And I think the uh, the takeaway for me or the key take home is that uh, her replacement, Jerome Powell, isn't going to be a huge shift from a, a theoretical standpoint right ideologically uh-huh. i think they're fairly close together um it's it remains to be seen kind of who's going to fill those other vacancies but i don't see a huge sea change in terms of fed thinking um so yeah i mean that's kind of where i'm at on that i think you're going to continue to see gradual tapering right increases in the federal funds rate. Uh-huh. i think this year we'll get at least three probably and and the rate will continue to go up but that's what i would have told you if janet was going to still be um, head of the fed this year as well yeah i agreed i don't think uh you know it's it's pretty much on course we are going to see some increase in interest rates but uh we're not gonna absolutely not gonna see either zero right. interest rate increase or 10 so it's pretty it's gonna gonna stay on course um, and at the same time, we also have um, some change in the conforming loan limit, which is good news for um, for California. California, yeah. Um, and the co- the conforming loan limit actually got increased by uh, another fi- uh, six point eight percent. Nice. Now for California, uh, the uh, because California is a high cost state, right? So we have a uh, maximum loan limit of uh, increased to six hundred seventy nine thousand six hundred fifty. We'll take it. Right. We, we have a lot of homes above that uh, loan amount. Yeah, I mean, if you're sitting in San Francisco, that offers little uh, little help and little relief. But uh, in many parts of the state, that will be a big deal. Yeah, and, and it's pretty in line with what we have. I think this year we have, um, as far as our uh, home price is concerned, it increased by about 6 or 7%. On an annual um, basis, yeah. On an annual basis. Now, um, I figured, you know, 
we didn't really say anything about interest rates. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. we wanted to wait till wait till the very end. Um, this uh, last year, two thousand and seventeen, we had uh, three interest rate hikes. That's right. One in February, one in June, and then the last one is in December. Yeah. We anticipated that there will be one in December, so it happened. Um, and uh, but the surprising thing to me is even with the three interest rate hikes. Yeah. It looks like our interest rates at the beginning of the year is actually higher than the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, hey, this is uh, a function of, of how effective the Fed can be, right? When they're raising rates, they're raising overnight rates. And I think this is really indicative of just how global our economy has become, right? The Fed can raise rates for overnight rates, the rates that banks charge each other to borrow money overnight all they want. Um, but those long-term rates are really set by global bond markets, right? And it's the willingness of foreign countries and other uh, investors who are willing to loan the U.S. government money, who are willing to um, take the risk that that money will be paid back when those bonds mature. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, you know, the U.S. is still largely seen as a safe haven. In fact, um, just before the holidays, I was reading a report that came out that showed foreign capital inflows are still really high. That was in December, sure. obviously, and and I haven't seen the new numbers yet. But but you know the U.S. is still the safe haven. I think when things are going bad in the rest of the world, when you have concerns about what's going to happen with your economy, when you live in South America or Southeast Asia, putting your money into a U.S. bond still makes a lot of sense. And that's why even though the Fed continues to raise rates. You haven't seen 30-year fixed-rate mortgages go up because you haven't seen really 10-year bond rates go up because people are still willing to loan money to the U.S. government at fairly uh, affordable prices. And you said it right earlier about U.S. being a safe haven. Of course, that's uh, only if we're not going uh, war with North Korea. There's (laughs) always those wild cards, (laughs) definitely. And also, just to um, add on to it a little bit, the interest rate also... The increase in the Fed funds rate didn't affect long-term rates uh, much, partly because it's fully anticipated. I mean, they made it very, very transparent, the Federal Reserve. Yeah, this stuff has been baked in by the Fed, and I think even the three rate hikes that we're talking about for next year are largely baked in already, right? Right. Folks see those coming uh, a mile away, and so it shouldn't be a shock. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be impactful to the economy. I think it will. Uh Um, But it's not going to be this herky-jerky kind of deep um, issue that we've got to work through. Absolutely. Um, so with how about the housing market though? Yeah, with that, you know, with that in mind, you know, with interest rate only increasing by three um, uh, Fed rate hikes uh, and interest rate keeping at around four percent, we actually have a pretty decent um, housing market as far as sales activity and price is concerned. That's right, even a little bit better than what we thought, right? Yeah, I mean, sales activity uh, was up one point five percent on a year-to-date basis. Uh, now, of course, we would love to have higher, but given that the supply constraint situation. We have, at the end of the year, we were down to about 2.9 months of inventory. Just crazy. And less than 30% of Californians could actually afford the median-priced home. I know. I know. And, of course, that's because home prices have been pushed up. We were up about 7%. Or actually, in November, the latest number that we have, uh, we'll see some in a December number later on. But the latest uh, number in November was 8.8% pretty fast that's actually the highest that we have seen in nearly two years wow so not only do prices continue to go up they're going up at a, at a faster rate what about the inventory side did that start getting better or no i mean it, it dropped i said 2.9 months but as for in terms of active listing it actually dropped another 11.5 percent oh which gosh. is uh 
the 11th month with uh, uh, double digit uh, drop and we have been dropping for about 27 28 months already so I guess the moral of the story is that the inventory situation for this year uh, isn't going to be much improved from last year. In fact, might be a little bit worse, it sounds like. I don't think so. Unless, of course, the Jerry Brown thing actually take off right away. And But I don't think it's going to make up that Let's many. get out there and build those ADUs, people. We need that supply. Absolutely. So um, to wrap it up, so one more thing that we want to talk about, which is the latest and the hottest, I guess, on tax reform. Yep, that's the elephant in the room. I think that's the other thing, in addition to rates, that will be the most impactful thing happening in the housing market this year. Uh, you know, we have the mortgage interest deduction has now been capped at 750000 from a million. Okay. Right? And so right, right. I think there's a lot of folks out there with more than $750,000 worth of mortgage debt, and I worry that this is really going to lock up the market even worse. I know than it already is, right? All those folks in San Francisco and the Bay Area and even in the Central Valley and up in Tahoe area and down here where we are in Southern California, to the extent that you've got a million dollar mortgage loan out there, you're grandfathered in, right? So you can exactly. maintain that mortgage interest deduction as long as you don't move. And so I think the moral of the story is that a lot of those folks are never gonna move again. Not only, uh, and we've talked about this at length in previous podcasts, right? Not only are they facing the capital gains tax if they decide to move a lot of these folks have more than um, you know 250 or 500 thousand dollars worth of home equity they are going to have to give up their prop 13 property tax basis and that's going to be a knock right and we always said that was right. kind of the double whammy for housing turnover well now on top of that you're going to ask them to not only suffer those losses but also um, to give up you know upwards of 250 thousand dollars worth of additional mortgage interest that you're going to deduct and i'm assuming these people are in the 25 to 30 percent tax bracket that's uh, a lot of you money you take a third of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. that's every year right i, I don't know wanna, that's right i don't want to pay an extra sixty seventy thousand dollars a year in tax unfortunately for me i wouldn't have much left over but i think uh you know even for people at the high end of the income spectrum um, the prospect of having to pay sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year in additional income tax is going to provide yet another incentive for these folks to move. And I think, unfortunately, the the two point nine percent inventory that we have right. is is going to be the norm, if not a best case scenario, with these kind of conditions where rates are going up. Um, you know, capital gains are kicking in, and now giving up this mortgage interest deduction. I think. That's point number one. And then obviously, um, I know you're worried about just the incentive or who's going to want to become a homeowner with there's, you know, no yeah. financial incentive left over. If we have, you know, of course, there is macro impact to the um, to the housing market if the tax reform, you know, the tax reform get uh, passed. And um, here's the thing, you know, with that being passed, most likely, you know, we'll see a little bit of a decline in price, of course. Uh, given that we have a supply uh, constraint conditions, you know, uh, that may or may not really happen. But, you know, just based on the model that we have, it most likely will lead to about 5, 6, 7 percent uh, drop in, in price. Um, and the supply constraint is also going to be even more constrained because of what you said earlier. Now, remember, uh, based on the annual housing market survey that we did earlier right. uh, last year, People are staying home for 11 years already. So we can find out, you know, uh, later this year uh, when we do another annual housing market survey whether it, that, that takes up by one year, two years, or five years. I think <laughs> yeah, is the that's only question be tough. outstanding. But, that's uh, going to be tough. Yeah, folks are capitalizing in the price of that that 
incentive, right? And that's ultimately a function of how much they're willing to pay on those homes. And so you take that away and, and that obviously impacts the, the willingness to pay and obviously home prices and home sales as well. Absolutely. And of course, um, we did our forecast last year's with without thinking that you know the macro impact of how the tax reform would impact uh, the housing market now we will definitely reevaluate and take a look at some of those numbers when we have those numbers ready we'll definitely let you guys know yep so uh that's where we were in 2017 we had a actually a, a pretty good year from a housing market yeah. standpoint all things considered when you look at all those headwinds of affordability and rising rates and uh, economic growth continuing to just stumble along um, under those conditions, I think the fact that we posted a gain in both prices and sales is uh, pretty laudable. And so we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted, I guess, as the year progresses, right? Definitely. Now, um, have a great year and uh, now go get some homes sold. Let's do it. See you All next right. time. Bye-bye.